hello there, listeners. This is the uh, this is the Talkie Talk podcast, the official podcast for the MediaBias.com. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ. Hey, Chris. Hello, and David. Shapoopy. Shapoopy. <laughs> and uh, we are going to be talking the talk and walking the walk. Whoa. Both both at one time? It's going to get... Yeah, we're going to have to be careful with the cords in here. <laughs> no tripping. But, uh... Yeah, we're, we're going to be... We're going to be... I've got a tidbit. Okay. <laughs> do we do no, that? Just, uh, I'm starting to... Welcome to TJ's Tidbit. Makes it a thing. <laughs> we all heard of the movie Zizek's Road. <laughs> Zizek? Yeah, it's spelled yeah. Z-Y-Z-Z-Y-X, but it rhymes with Isaacs. That's the highest scoring word in Scrabble. <laughs> It's a movie starring Catherine Heigl and Tom Sizemore. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what you what you should think. <laughs> Catherine Heigl's name is misspelled on the poster and the cover of the DVD <laughs> as well. Uh, the movie is made for a budget of one point two million dollars. It has a uh, record-setting box office total of thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> wow! They lost. They I can't believe they lost over a million dollars on a one point two million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. Apparently the movie uh, sets up great with a twist where Tom Sizemore gets hit in the head by a dildo and concussed so bad that he thinks Catherine Heigl is uh, an alien. I bet Tom Sizemore wrote this movie. <laughs> uh, no. I think, I think PCP wrote this movie. <laughs> Written by a guy named John Penny, also produced and directed it, and... Uh, He's not good at movies. <laughs> and also written and also produced by Adam and Eve, the maker of the dildo in question. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, check out Zizek's Road. Or don't. <laughs> you can't anymore. <laughs> DVDs are selling on eBay for like $80. Wait, so you could buy one DVD and almost <laughs> triple? <laughs> the, the more than triple. Tri- almost quadruple the all-time gross <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> $30. $30. <laughs> Isaac's spread. Okay, that was TJ's tidbit, and on the actual podcast. <laughs> they couldn't even get their families to go see that movie. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, because it was in L.A. at one theater, and I was like, I wonder how many, was that three people? <laughs> Two people? The one person who, like, had a large popcorn? <laughs> I don't think they count that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know what they're counting. Uh, that's a good point. So why would you even say thirty dollars at that point? Wouldn't you just be like, uh, straight to DVD? <laughs> so it was Oscar eligible. It was one of those Netflix things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't look for it. <laughs> that theater really didn't release their money, so we don't really know. We're just guessing. It's a theater co-op. <laughs> Bringing a can of soup. Catherine Eagle didn't pay her co-op dues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but we did make thirty dollars per uh, screen. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't Oscar eligible. It was released for six days at Highland Park Village Theater in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> a movie theater rented by the producer for $1,000. <laughs> so wait, it cost them more money to make $30. I'm not a, the not a banker, but that's a terrible investment. The limited release was deliberate. Grillo was uninterested in releasing the film domestically until it underwent oh, foreign distribution. He was the star. Okay, I was about to say, because I've seen a movie with him in it, and it was bad. He's he's like, a, he's like a... He's like an action... Not really star, but he's like the third bad guy in an action movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it needed, to, it needed to release. Yeah. <laughs> you, you recognize his face. What was that? What was that movie? We talked about it on here. Yeah, I started. He was on Wheelman, the Netflix movie. I started watching it and could not finish it. I think that was the movie I watched. Nice. It was bad. Yeah, <laughs> he was uninterested in releasing it domestically until it underwent foreign distribution. <laughs> But needed to fulfill the U.S. release obligation required by the S by SAG for low budget films, which is defined as films with budgets less than two point five million dollars that are not for direct video market. He played uh, Big Daddy in Wolf Warrior Two, the uh, <laughs> highest grossing non Hollywood movie of all time. It's the Chinese twenty seventeen movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, this gets better. <laughs> the strategy had the side effect of making the film the lowest grossing film of all time. Earning $30 at the box office from six patrons. Unofficially, its opening weekend netted $20. The $10 difference is due to Grillo personally refunding two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Personally refunding them? Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. <clears throat> oh, that's what I saw him in recently is Purge Anarchy. <laughs> nice. How's that? Not good. Okay. 
<sighs> I think that I talked about it after I saw it and went on a long diatribe about how the Purge movies are for a special kind of person. <laughs> Purgers? <laughs> yes. <Okay>. People with <laughs> eating disorders. <laughs> or Marie Kondo fans. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to commit a crime. You're supposed to per- get rid of everything that doesn't bring you joy. Does, does <laughs> yeah, this you... crime bring you joy? <laughs> what if a what person doesn't bring you joy? Is that why they kill people? Yeah. You think if you're going to murder someone, it's like, does it spark chaos? <laughs> if it does, you kill them. All those people are sparked by this, this mask spark joy and all those people in the Purge movies. What are we doing today? Oh, that was... <laughs> that was a podcast that was just you and me. And some, lot, some of that got edited because I was like, I don't understand the Purge. And people's uh, motivations. Yeah. That's right. We figured there'd be more petty crime. Yeah. Less murder. <laughs> Seems like they skipped some steps. Yeah. Like, let's steal a Hershey's bar. I Don't kill everybody. I want back. something that would help me, like, tomorrow. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd just be like, I will now own this store. <laughs> <laughs> I will steal a McDonald's. Get someone ready to sign a contract at 12.01. So it's like, purge is over. Purge <laughs> <laughs> free, purge free. No take backsies. But yeah, it's... <laughs> It's like in, in old school when they tell him like earmuffs and he goes now you can say whatever you want he starts with like shit and then he goes fuck balls like shit and balls I figured there'd be more of in the purge but no just straight to fuck just all the way to ten just murder no fecal matter or testicles in the purge movies what would a tiny purge be like a filter <laughs> I'm just, just picture like babies murdering each other <laughs> That's my new movie, Lil Purge. Purging Lil babies. Purge. <laughs> boss baby purge anarchy. <laughs> you can keep the boss boss baby purge the layoffs. <laughs> if it's purge babies, you can keep the first line. <laughs> when the world is uh, what's the <laughs> opening line of boss baby of Muppet babies? <laughs> oh. <laughs> You, you can keep the first line. When, when your room looks kind of weird <laughs> and you wish that you weren't there. <laughs> then purgy babies. Just close your eyes and kill everyone. I thought it was when the world... Is it just the room? When your world... Maybe. I don't know. When your world... It's, I gotta admit, it's been a little while since <laughs> I've watched Muppet Babies. But they never get to leave the world. It's sad. They get to leave the room. It could star that... Uh, that... Uh, that governor from Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen the more stuff from Virginia's government. So somebody today is like, have we tried unplugging Virginia? (laughs) (laughs) Plugging it back in. (laughs) You get that, that, that meme of a IT crowd. Yeah. (laughs) It's like your governor was in a Klan costume. Or, 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 or blackface, and he did. He, he still can't figure out which one's worse. Which one to admit to? And a week after saying that he was cool with infanticide, and how do you cover it up? Oh, the state AG will come on, come out and go. I wore blackface. Like what? I believe his, Two's company. His quote was, "I at one point wore dark makeup as well." It's like yeah, just, you just can't. Like, it's not called dark makeup, okay? Right. He was just a goth kid. <laughs> I need to get into Harvard. They made a movie about it. <laughs> good, good times. <laughs> How do we podcast again? This is it. We've been awesome. doing it. It's almost ten minutes. That's fine. Um, we had some homework from last week. TJ assigned it. What did you assign? I assigned Monty Python's The Holy Grail. What's the official title? Oh, it's about the and the holy and the holy girl. I was trying to work search in there somehow. Should probably get off Catherine Heigl's Wikipedia page. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty... H-E-I-L-G, if you're looking at the cover of Kaiser's Red. Wait, 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 wait. Heigl's? Yep. <laughs> I thought it was an E L. I least. thought they would have banged in an extra E. They just inverted the last two consonants. <laughs> we can go back and talk about Kaiser's Red if y'all want to. I'm just. You're putting a K in there, and I don't think that's <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> I'm figuring out a way to make the movie worse. Wait, did you make this the now? This is now an anti-Semitic film. No, Zizek's Road. Yes. <laughs> Somehow's grossing more. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a market that would now be interested, as opposed to zero markets, <laughs> Virginians. Loved. The Virginia government. <laughs> <laughs> the Virginia movie. government. Yeah, they're they're big fans. 
Uh, yes, Monty Python. <laughs> We're sillier than the movie you watched. Not Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, was the homework, and I put it up for Talk of Fame. Well, do you want to give us a little rundown of the movie? For- <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's Monty Python, so it's, it's a- irreverent, ridiculous. You know, this I mean, at least has some plot. But it's, it's like a single consistent episode. <laughs> it's like a very points. long SNL skit if you've never seen any Monty Python, but like seventies SNL mm-hmm. back when it was kind of. Silly, but the, the main plot of this is King Arthur and his knights searching for the Holy Grail and the crazy shit they see and come into contact with. Sometimes, along the sometimes way. they don't. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sometimes they don't see it. It's just they just walk past after whatever joke they wanted to make happens. Right, and they make fun of themselves. Yeah, in that way, which is fun. The the um, the pure knight. It's funny when they're like, "Do y'all like this scene with all the, oh, <laughs> all the yeah. women?" They go back to the Eric Idle just moving mud. Yeah. He's like, "At least ours had a <laughs> ours had depth and commitment, <laughs> not just a string of pussy jokes." Yeah, that was the quote. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but uh, it's ridiculous. But it's also seen as one of the, I guess, best comedies of all time. It's people loved it, and I think our generation particularly liked it. Maybe a little bit older. It's kind of one of those high school, college movies that everybody talked about. Everybody had a copy of. We saw it a lot as a kid. I think we had that and some other Monty Python. I think it's something like your dad or your parents kind of like bequeath their love of it to you. Yeah, and we were a non-cable house, so you could see Faulty Towers and Flying Circus on PBS mm-hmm. late night all the time. Um, we, we had a VHS of it. Um, I remember my brother introduced me to it. I was probably like eight, and he was 16, and that's a... It's a rare movie that a kid can enjoy the silly parts, but it's also appealing to someone with a more mature uh, sense of humor as well. And that's kind of, again, if you don't watch a lot of Mighty Python, it's, it's kind of the appeal I've noticed uh, in my adult years, is that it was funny when I was a kid for different reasons, and this still makes me laugh. There's still pretty mm-hmm. funny shit in this movie. Well, let's put it through the gauntlet. Word. The gauntlet. It seems appropriate. I feel like we should like lower the lights or something. <laughs> Whatever we say, like do 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 do. That joke play well. Podcast. Click click Number one was the movie entertaining. Did you enjoy watching it? You know. <laughs> you know, with your eyes. Is it a? <laughs> did it feel like a chore? Uh, no, it's a great length. I thought it was going to be longer. For some reason, when I've, went to, I've, I've probably seen the movie 20 How times. long is it? An hour and a half. Yeah. Like, with credits. Right. Yeah, for a, a meandering kind of movie, movie it, it does kind of go along in a nice clip. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just a series of sketches, and more or less. And, uh, but, I mean, the first... They, they're not too long. The first third of the movie is just Arthur looking for knights and failing. Um... The witch scene is like 25 minutes into the movie, and that's the first 90. Yeah. The witch scene is, is, we'll talk about this later, but I feel like probably the most iconic. I don't know. It's, hmm. Bring Out Your Dad is maybe the most quoted. Uh, it's only a flesh wound. That's another. Flesh wound is huge. Knights who say knee. Knights who yeah. say knee is huge. It depends. The movie's just packed with it. Am I, yeah, talk- it am, am I talking with like someone who ruined this movie for me when I was in middle school, or am I talking to people who actually appreciate movies now about what is the most iconic scene? I think maybe both. I mean, the the sad part about that question is the people who ruined for middle the people who ruined that movie for you in middle school, the people who ruined Family Guy jokes and yeah. old school and Ricky Bobby and all that shit. They sadly have like a lot of say in what makes like what's iconic, right? And, <laughs> you know what I mean? True, and, and, iconic doesn't necessarily mean best, right? And and they also decide kind of how much I like the movie because like the the funniest parts of Monty Python and the Holy Grail to me are like kind of the the quippy one liners that you kind that you kind of don't expect. Yes. Uh, and then when you just have that regurgitated at you over and over again, like, I can at best only appreciate this movie. I had a, I had a single expression on my face the entire time, and it was scholarly. Like, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yep, yep, okay, I've had this movie quoted at me millions of times. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so for the that. question of does the movie elicit any kind of emotional response, we get the rare answer of scholarly. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the rare answer of no. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I never like, I'm never like barreled over laughing at it. But I rarely am at any Monty Python jokes. It's like kind of um, the absurdism is amusing. It's like, yeah, okay, they did something different. Than what you would expect there, but uh, yeah, you never really laugh out loud. Or I guess I didn't really laugh out loud. It's like I think I, I think the hardest I laughed was in the the uh, the not so brave night song. Yeah, I love this. That's one of I my had favorite the, gags in the movie. <laughs> but I had the closed captions on, and one of the when they're just going through all the shit that's going to happen to this horrible, yeah. one of them is his nostrils get raped. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I don't think I've ever caught that before. It's like his nostrils raped, his buttons are boiled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his bowels unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It was that, and it was like, when like when they're finally storming the castle of awe, and like they do like the French Frenchman insult thing, mm-hmm. But then, like, later, he's, like, talking to the troops, and he looks over, and you just hear them somewhere, like, <laughs> the French jokes do yeah. still play, sadly. Yeah. I, I, I recommend doing the subtitles, because there's a lot I never caught before. Yeah, me like, too. when they do the, uh, the kind of three stooges, poke the head of the door, come back, and there's, like, eight heads poking <laughs> out to look at the, uh, the, uh, Trojan rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can hear one of them go like, uh, like, Sister Nubba. He's like, What's that? Oh, it's a rabbit. Like, they had to translate French. Um, the rabbit was so stupid. So it's. Sure, entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of entertaining, though. In that it's not hilarious. But persistently amusing. <laughs> I wonder if this was any of our first ever exposures to this, to those jokes. If it would, if we would have had a stronger reaction. I, I don't know, man. I probably like, would have, but yeah, I've just and I, I love the movie, but it's it's just it's hard for me to still like watch it with like hilarity, mm-hmm. like a, that sort of response when I just know that movie backwards and forwards, like you know. It's a movie that I've seen so many times, and I still enjoy it, and I enjoy watching it, but I don't laugh out loud at that movie the way I might if I were watching it for the first time. What do you think the difference is of like rewatching this with so many so much expectation that you know what's coming versus you know rewatching a comedy like Back to the Future that can make you laugh or Ghostbusters or Trading Places or something like that? Because I feel like that I don't feel the same way about like. A comedy from the seventies or eighties that I've seen a bunch, the way I do this one, it feels different to me. Maybe yeah, I'm I mean those movies feel like they're mine a little too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, this this does feel like this it feels was, like it's my dad's. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't make it worse or you know yeah. anything. It's Maybe just it being more disconnected as a series of scenes is more where you get the the kind of stop start nature of like I know this is coming and this is coming rather than a cohesive continuous narrative yeah being in a comedy and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the influence question a little because I don't really know of anything that's like this that's like the three Monty Python movies or Flying Circus like it's so just different than anything else I mean with like hard cutaways like the fucking historian murder investigation that <laughs> just pops up randomly like that shit doesn't happen that's so British 70s yeah Adam McKay in I mean, yeah a little I guess that's a good call like Deadpool humor with breaking the fourth wall I was thinking about like Conan's style of physical humor is very Ministry of Silly Walks did fourth wall happen much pre-Python I'm thinking uh, Blazing Saddles was pre-Python, maybe? Mel Brooks, yeah. That's kind of a good pairing. Blazing sure. Saddles, where they, they do the dance number and the, the the whole fight with the other the actors from other movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spaceballs is obviously later, but... Yeah. That's... That kind of vein. I don't know. It's, it's, it's fucking weird. We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, I think this this one will be pretty easy to blow through. The uh, what do you think of the direction, the script, and the story? Which is like 
There's no point to it. The point is just get to the next sketch. Yeah. It was... The movie even says, get on with it. (laughs) Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is obviously these six guys who had, like, some money from three seasons of Flag Circus Mm -hmm. making a movie with their buddies and their wives, and they didn't. Yeah. They were like, we're in England. I mean, I I was reading, like, a lot of those castles were just castles. (laughs) They just filmed that. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough... Because they could. It's a tough movie to put through the gauntlet because there's really... The whole movie just boils it down to, you know... Is it funny? Because it's pretty much the only goal of the movie. It's not to tell us... It's not to have characters that have development or, you know, are fascinating beyond their ability to make you laugh. Yeah, I mean, the budget was $400,000. That's... That's, but, that's six well-to-do TV stars yeah. going in some money. <laughs> this is where we come to, uh, does it have uh, scenes that really stick out to you? So this is probably one of the most popular topics of this movie. Uh, do you have a favorite and least favorite scene? Uh, I'll, I'll start while you're thinking. I have, uh, I think my least favorite scene is the, uh, the only one that really drags for me is the, uh, the prince locked away in the tower. See, that's, that might have been my favorite. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that, like, the the movie can kind of, right. different different things can kind of hit for everybody. Um, my favorite is uh, the um, peasant bringing down the Ar- Arthur's claim to the throne with the governmental discussion. I, I love that. I, yeah, I mean, strange, like, women, okay. strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. <laughs> yeah. Is that... <laughs> All time quote for me. I'm king. I didn't vote for you. Yeah. Uh, and to top that scene off, they're just moving mud from one place yeah. to another. <laughs> the entire yeah. Because a woman runs out and goes, oh, we got some good filth here. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped it. He's doing it. digging through the filth. Just moving it from where they Is that the same scene or is it earlier where someone says, like, who's he? I don't know. Must be king. He's like, how do you oh, know? Oh, that's the bring much dead scene. <laughs> because he hasn't got any mud or mud he shit on him. He doesn't have any shit all over him. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, since that's probably my favorite scene too, I'll jump in. I really like that. The, uh, just, it's just like a bit of clever writing where he never uses the same verbs or nouns or adjectives twice. So, you know, he says like, you know, uh, like some, some tart, some damp tart throws you a bit of steel and now you think you're leader and just like. Everyone is just like more and more flowery and <laughs> more insulting to, yeah. to Arthur. Yeah. Uh, and Arthur gets fed up and just walks over and like kicks him. Uh, I really like that. Uh, I'm pretty sour on the Black Knight. Yeah, kind of am too. I think it's one of those that played good when I was probably eight or nine. It has a younger appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's totally fine. But there was a moment where I was like, "Does is this aimed at a younger audience?" When, oh, I don't, when I don't. he drives the sword through the head of the other knight and it makes that really wet squishing sound, I was like. Hmm, I don't think that's supposed to be funny. I don't think that was the goal. I just right. think it's a byproduct of the joke. Yeah. Kinda. Hmm. But the uh, that's also a special place in my, not in my heart, because that means I love it. My hate heart? Hmm. What do you call that? Brain? <laughs> Liver? Uh, because uh, there is a... Because uh, in the Worms games, their like, banter is all quoting... The Black Knight. So, like, the, it's only a flesh flesh wound and have at you and all that. So, it was just, like, it's just poison to me. Yeah. <clears throat> Whole scenes, I'm, I'm, I do think the witch scene in the beginning is really cleverly written and well acted by yes. Terry Jones and... Eric Idle is amazing in that scene. Eric, yeah. As the, the, oh. the village idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are some things that I laughed at. I still laugh at the knights who say need, not the discussion, but all the knights behind them. <laughs> Every time he says it, just going nuts. When he comes back, he's like, we are no longer the knights who say knee. And one goes, knee. And he goes, no! <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the single sketch in the movie where I don't hate it at all. I've always thought it was, I've always giggled at it. But at the same time, it's like, how did this make it into the movie? Like, this yeah. is just like an idea that one of them had and the others were like, whatever, yeah, as, bring as it up. watching it, like him going, we now is like, <laughs> it's like so instantly recognizable as they're just like fucking around <laughs> improving shit. Yeah. Um, I guess oh. I have to defend the damsel in distress okay. male. I just think it's a, that was my favorite part of the movie, especially in this rewatch. 
just from beginning to end, how many different uh, kinds of humor they employ. I love the who's on first of the guards. <laughs> The, the physical comedy of the uh, him trying to get an arrow out with like as little <laughs> yeah. movement as possible, just staring at <laughs> him. He like, the note to it, yeah. <laughs> him just like barely limply like raising his wrists and he fires it like 700 yards. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, just, it's the, uh, the, it's the uh, um, Sideshow Bob rake effect with him going through the party. And then I just like the absurdity of uh, everyone covered in blood and... Him saying sorry about that. <laughs> kind of get, get ahead of myself there. I just And uh, just the recurring thing of, like, I got better on these people. <laughs> yeah, like, meekly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, got better. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. Bring Out Your Dead is real funny for me, and I still laughed at the first. I'm feeling quite better. Mm. Still made me laugh. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. I'm actually feeling quite better. Yeah, that's, that's the best exercise of that joke. The hardest I laughed on this rewatch though and uh something that I've kind of forgot was in the movie was uh what is your favorite color in the rest of that scene was really funny this time the delivery on the what is the capital of Assyria (laughs) so good after the three easy questions yeah well I do like uh, I think it's Galahad he says what's your favorite color blue no red (laughs) (laughs) gets the question wrong yeah and uh, I do like the the through joke of sparrows. <laughs> I don't know why they made me giggle this time through. I know I didn't name it as my favorite, but I also think that the Camelot song is really well done. Oh and yeah, it's, that one's really good. And that's a great single joke too of just <laughs> building it up so much. And it's just like, nah, maybe, it's a silly place. Maybe we won't go to Camelot. It is a silly place. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. just remember the guy with the deep voice, I have to push the brama lot. <laughs> <laughs> the part of that that made me laugh the most was the guy in the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging up on the wall. <sighs> so silly. My least favorite is probably uh, the, the killer rabbit. Yeah. It's just like straight physical, straight, it's either... It's kind of funnier when you're a kid. Yeah. The only funny thing about that is is uh, John Clee says, and uh, Tim the Enchanter, as like every time they like, like hubris gets the best of them and they go out there, him being like, oh, I told you. Like, <laughs> and he's just like in the back, like clapping his hands, like smiling. That's kind of funny. But the whole like bit with the rabbit flying around is. Right. And the, the holy hand grenade too. It's just, it's fine. But it's uh. I think that played better to me when I was 12 years that old. That seems very English, like uh, making fun of priests and the, the and Bible scripture and all that stuff. Like reading the instructions for the Holy Hand Grenade just goes on so long. <laughs> Chapter 9, verse 22. Yeah, skip, yeah. skip a bit. <clears throat> One, two, five. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I can skip over a lot of these. It's like, what are the themes of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Um, N A. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they definitely do take jabs at the monarchy and religion, but. Well, what about the uh, the performances? Solid all around, do you think? Who's the best Python in the movie? Well. Eric Idle does Eric great Idle work. Is probably in this my movie. Pick, but. Just because he's got the, the mud scene, the political soliloquy scene, and the. Which scene he kind of steals as well, and he's on the the who's on first thing with the two guards. Yeah, it. and he plays the not so brave. He plays the Robin, right? Robin, yeah. yeah. Who finally says his moment of bravery on the bridge? <laughs> That's easy. That <laughs> <laughs> steps forward. Um, yeah. Also, I think Graham Chapman in a thankless role as the straight man, sort of for the movie, is 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 pretty good. He was always my least favorite. Uh, the, I kind of Arthur always character. forgot he was because he was dead by the time I started. I mean, I was we were four when he died. I think I always kind of forget he was one of the you know original Pythoners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Besides Eric Idle, I think John Cleese does some good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> Michael Palin too. Yeah, he's pretty good to a lesser extent. Um. I do like him in the Castle Anthrax. It's not a very good name. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a little bit of peril. No, you're in grave danger. 
Uh, are there any technical achievements in the movie that impressed you? I love that that like if the budget for the movie was four hundred thousand dollars, they spent a hundred thousand dollars on those pyrotechnics, and they were like <laughs> just to buy them, <laughs> just like having fun with him throwing explosions. <laughs> this little flamethrower. Yeah. Flamethrower. And then like the bottle rocket missile. Yeah, it's probably all yeah. pyrotechnics and then just building that rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> the Trojan rabbit. I like buying a stuffed cow. I do like when he fires the bottle rocket and it's like the 10th thing he's done and everyone's like, oh, very <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, the answer's no. You had, to, you had to pay all those extras, I guess. The army. <clears throat> all right, number five. Of, uh, of those involved with the film, so of Monty Python, uh, would this be anyone's number achievement in your book? And if not, for whom does it come closest? Terry Gilliam's best work. I think. Oh, I think <laughs> besides. Actor. I think besides Terry Gilliam, it's probably seen as the best work from all three. Uh, <coughs> the other five, I would assume. I mean, I don't know. John Cleese has done some pretty big stuff, but See, Terry I'm, Gilliam just Brazil comes to mind for me. Yeah. Are you talking about directing or I'm talking about and <clears throat> anything? I mean, yeah. Terry Gilliam doesn't really act. He barely did in this. Right. You know, his main role was the. The peasant who held the coconuts, right? And Patsy? The, uh, yeah, Patsy. <laughs> and he was the uh, guy who guards the bridge. Right? Okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's tough for me. I think it, all these guys have a bunch of different roles in a movie I like better, Life of Brian. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty much everybody, you know, I think returns to that. I think Graham Chapman's in that, right? All, yeah, he's in all. They're all, all three of their movies were before his death. So mm-hmm. he's, in, yeah. he's in all three of them. The big three. And I like why I'm a Life of Brian guy. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk... Well, I'll talk about that later. Never mind. But, um, I do think it's hard with them when they had a TV show that was as popular as Flying Circus was, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a talk of fame for movies, but being a media p- podcast, you know what I mean? It's hard to ignore. I'm sure, yeah. Because I think account. Flying Circus is probably the thing that they're best known for because it ruled BBC One for five years in the 70s. <coughs> maybe, yeah, I would agree. It, maybe they're best known for it, but I don't know if it's necessarily better. Um, because I've watched I've watched some Flying Circus, and it's a, it's a bit more of a chore to get through some episodes. It has... Uh, mm. Yeah. There's... there's it's like it's more like SNL. It's just like there there are sketches that just don't work anymore, right? right. And but there are some great ones too. I mean, um, I, I do think, like to the masses, this is the crowning achievement. To me personally, it's not. I would put both of the other movies above this one. For me personally, Life of Brian and Meaning of Life, I think is Meaning pretty Life, brilliant, way underrated. Yeah. What about y'all two? I one's kind of a bigger Monty Python fan than the other, and Brent over Chris. But what do y'all think? I mean, I'm, I I really like Life of Brian. Yeah. I think it is a cleverer story to begin with. Yeah. Um, and lens... I mean, it's it's a satire on religion, and so it just, like, it hammers that nail over and over again in a way that really works for me that I think because I don't have the culture of, you know, the people who this movie was made by and intended for, that I, like, miss stuff. Like I, 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 I don't, I don't find the shrubbery thing funny. Never thought it was, except for like, I is that totally supposed agree. to be like that? Like, ooh, wow, so random. Like the llamas thing in the intro credits, that and you know, there's just like lots of that that I don't have a touchstone for. That people probably do in the UK because they've got really bad comedy in that era, where it's just like people like making funny faces and hamming. But yeah, I'm sure this was mind blowing for people who were used to uh, Benny Hill. Yeah, <laughs> right. Pratt Falls and people filling their cheeks with air, making their eyes go big, and <laughs> like <laughs> that's the joke. You what? make a good point about Life of Brian. It does do the religion satire even better, and the self seriousness of of that thing. I just always love the. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing Life of Brian, but the this, the the po- politics of it. It's like the. Um, Scoffing at the Judean people's front. We're the people's front of Judea. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got... And they're still able to to put jokes together as if they are separate skits and tell that story. Like, the cake or death skit is like a complete, like, side. 
note where it's, you know, mm-hmm. they're all being executed and they go, oh, fresh out of cake. Death it is. Like, that's, that's <clears throat> like, clever in a single, like, cutaway scene that fits in with, like, an actual plot. I think, meaning of, I think meaning of Life does a better job, too, attacking politics and religion than Holy Grail, even though there's no narrative, really. It's... Mm-hmm. It's Stuff even it's even more vignettes than Holy Grail of Life Brown is, um, but yeah. What do you think, Brent? Well, I actually don't. I haven't seen the other Python movies. But I mean, like, what's so, your? So it's hard for me to answer this question about whether this okay. is a crowning achievement for anyone. Sure, it's my favorite uh, movie for anyone involved. Right. Uh, fairly close for John Cleese because I really like him in uh, Fish Called Wanda. Oh, yeah. yeah he's great. great. Movie. Yeah. Michael Palin's good in that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, true. And uh, But, yeah, for me it would be number one, but I'm still I'm missing a couple big ones there, too. Um, and I don't... I, I, I don't want to talk about Life of Brian without... I mean, this as much as this, they had the Flying Circus like three seasons of it beforehand. This is still like a freshman attempt. Yeah. If, if we saw this as like, <laughs> if we recontextualize this as a direct, a comedy directorial debut, like it is so much harder to say like, oh, this movie does this better. This movie does this better. Sure, it's a fair point. It's just they, from step to step, kind of improved upon Holy Grail. Yeah, we're not of the age where we saw this in the theaters. And then saw other iterations that built on it and right. built on their experience later. Like we saw, you know, all of them were available instantly for us. Yeah, we're also, and not to make a joke of it, but we're also like, you know, part of Generation Remix where we don't have to go to the theater, see it the one time, and then think about it. And then that's our exposure to it until like years later where yeah. it comes out on a thing <laughs> that we can watch more than once. Like that we've watched it 20 times could spoil it because. You know, they're writing jokes for an age where this is, like, the event of the month. Yeah, I mean, we watched bits of this in my, like, AP World History class in high yeah. school. Like, yeah. it's huge. I can't even imagine the experience of watching this in the theater about how different it was. And, like, you're probably, like, you know, you're probably maybe a little uh, stoned or drunk when you probably saw it. <laughs> and you probably were like, I, did that happen at the beginning? <laughs> or did... Or did was I imagining that? Could I read Danish for a second? I in term, in terms of talk of fame, though, I don't know how much to, you know, hold against, use that and hold it against this, or give it credit, right? Because we've got because these like two the questions. Sixth Sense is still in my Shyamalan's best movie, and it doesn't, even though that was his first attempt at what he ended up doing ten times. Well, you know what I'm saying. Well, like because I, think, I don't want to shit on that by right. saying since it's their first attempt. Well, we have, I think we have two questions which interact kind of in the way that, that we either intended them to or need them to, is how influential is this movie, but also, like, considering that it's has movies where it may not be their best work. Right. Like, you know, obviously those are going to contrast sometimes. And I think some of the movies we have in the talk of fame, sure. they don't contrast. Right. Where it's like, this is someone's best work, and it's wildly influential. Right. So... I think that, that contradiction just has to happen sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also, for me, I also think about, like, are they big enough in comedy, in the world of comedy, to... Uh, I know one of the arguments when we... when we wasn't really an argument, because I think we all agreed, when we watched Stripes, for instance, was uh, that it kind of doesn't matter if it's Bill Murray's absolute funniest movie, because Bill Murray is such He's, an important figure that... that's a And that's a big question for me on this, is... Do I want to like? Would we? If I'm if I'm, just, vo- if I'm voting yes on this, there's no way I would vote no on Life of Brian or Meaning of Life. Yeah, which is perfectly fine if you think. If I think that all three, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they're just the the broken lizard that did it perfect every time, you know, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I mean, that's it's very possible that all three of their movies would belong for me if I saw them all. Yeah, and is there enough differentiation there? All the humor comes from the same absurdism and loose connection there whereas like right it's a not great apples to oranges i guess it is apples to oranges kind of comparison but consider an actor like bill murray he at least has enough runway that 
well, maybe it's not even a good analogy. He kind of does Bill Murray in a lot of movies, but he at least but has lost in translation. And you got dramatic Bill Murray, you have deadpan Rushmore Bill Murray. Yeah, you got other flavors. Where this is kind of like the same flavor that kind of builds on itself. These three movies, right. in my opinion, it's more similar to like a, an argument for like the the movies of Charlie Chaplin or something. Sure, where it's like he may have made three of the you know greatest comedies of that style ever, but. They are. He's doing the same sort of jokes in all three of them. Well, Terry Gilliam and John Cleese and Michael Palin and Graham Chapman can go do different shit, and it's way different. Brazil's by far different. Michael Palin and John Cleese, mm-hmm. way different than Monty Python shit. But I mean, when you have a troupe like this, mm-hmm. if they went out and made a drama, it'd have been fucking weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if Broken Lizard came out with just a straight horror movie that was not funny, and nobody would want to yeah. see that. Oh, morbid, <laughs> morbid curiosity. <laughs> what are have you guys heard of this movie Zizix? <laughs> Zizix Road. Well, uh, this was, was the movie financially a hit. Yeah, I mean, do you have the numbers? Yeah, seven. <laughs> Did it make more than thirty? Python joke. Make more than thirty dollars. Uh, it did make more than $30. Yes. That's not the new beer. <laughs> it made more money than I made making movies. Made $5 million at the box office on a budget of 400000 Okay, so, uh, yeah. In the 70s, too, $5 million is more meaningful of a number than it is right. now. And it probably wasn't released here in the theaters yeah. immediately, you know. Um, do you think it had mass appeal at the time? Or do you think that comedy was still sort of a, like a... Tough to translate. I mean, it's hard to know the cultural context completely, Uh but I would say it was probably pretty niche back in the day, and you kind of have to be into British humor, British surrealism, like, uh, it's almost nihilistic, some of the humor. Mm -hmm. Not in a a depressing way, but that there is no meaning. And I think we did. I think that's pretty specific at this time, in America, at least. And I think we did already touch on why... um, you know, the success, why it was successful to the extent that it was, which was that it was, uh, you know, Monty Python and uh, Mel Brooks were both such a fresh a breath of fresh air compared to the Benny Hill style of comedy that came before them. Yeah. And so the people who, you know, smart crowds probably really enjoyed both, you know, these movies and uh, Young Frankenstein and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really kind of like a, almost a, a, a uniqueness, like a, a decade before it was popular, of having humor as an art form, as opposed to, like, I mean, in the States we had, what, in the 70s, as like our comedic, we, sitcoms, right? Sitcoms ruled sitcoms. the day. Yeah. That's an early Woody Allen, who also, before he got more serious and introspective, was just made silly movies. Mm-hmm. He made it an entire movie where he just dubbed his voice over a foreign movie. He did one where he was like a, a spy and uh, kind of just kooky movies. Yeah. Uh, is this movie important to film history, influencing cinema after it, or uh, influencing movies today? I, I would say yes. It's probably yeah. widely cited as an influence among... I would say yes, but it's hard for me to, to you know show the receipts for it. Like, what I feel we... like the easiest path on that is just that it continued to launch Monty Python, who continued to be influences. You know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, through the 80s, Flying Circus and movies they were making were still big, especially in Britain. I mean, I, 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 would, I would stand to wager that, you know, that they were influential in the comedy careers of lots of successful people whose names we know now. Like, the, the way that they... The, the irreverence and the uh, ability to blend that with physical comedy, I think, is impressive. In a way where, you know, I don't think someone like Chris Farley is as successful without people like Monty Python. And likewise, you know, I, I think guess that Mel Brooks is around the same time. But, you know, they're, they're, they're co-influencers of each other. Like, they, they... And I guess... You're right. I don't have the receipts, but... It's hard for me to tell the difference of, like, physical comedy. Is that Monty Python that I'm seeing? Or is that, I mean, shit, Laurel and Hardy? Is that Charlie Chaplin? Is that Three Stooges? 
you know, it's all kind of different offshoots of, of that. The wordplay and stuff, I guess that's pretty, probably pretty influential and in like the, the taking dull things and, and, you know, nail them until they don't even make any sense anymore, making fun of bureaucracy and stuff like that. I guess I would just guess that someone like Edgar Wright probably saw this, these movies like yeah. over and over and over again. Right. You know, he bakes his, uh, his action and comedy together. Yeah. Right. But I'm sure probably British directors like, uh, you know, even as stuffy as Christopher Nolan probably is a huge Monty Python fan. Yeah. You kind of have to be. <laughs> I feel like, you know, if you're British. Uh, Sight and Sound, uh, who does great list with, like, acclaimed directors, did their best comedies of all time based on director's list, and it came in at number 15. All-time greatest comedy. And just, I can tell you the top ten to say so you know what that list looks like a little bit. But it was uh, the general... This is Spinal Tap, Playtime, Airplane, Life of Brian is number six, Duck Soup, Groundhog Day, Annie Hall, Doctor Strange 11, something like that. <laughs> so, it's not like super snooty. Groundhog Day's four. Deservedly so. But, yeah. mm-hmm. um, interesting. Meaning of Life's also in the top 20. So, so basically they think Critics, all critics are, think Monty Python's just really good. Just yeah, critics, directors, movies. Yeah. They're all in there. We'd probably consider them a continuous trilogy worthy of the list yeah i mean if you took those three movies and you said that it was a single season of flying circus it would be one of the greatest seasons of comedic television sure that's 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 a fair point yeah because that's all movies are yep yeah um well i think we just answered is it one of the best movies in its genre i mean it's we didn't sight and sound did yeah yeah, well, and Sight and Sound said it was the 15th. But I think, you know, we right. have... It's also comedy, though. Right. <laughs> Pretty That's, fucking broad. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be that high for me if we're just talking comedies. But it... Uh, I mean, I think all, of, all again, all three of those, this one being my least favorite of the three, would probably be in my top 100 comedies of all time, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah, if you asked me 15 years ago, it'd probably be in my top 10 for comedies. Right. It's just something I think, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a parabola to it. You age out of it, then you age back into it, you know, as, as you get older. Yeah, and I mean, if we're talking comedies with zero drama, like if I'm removing like the When Harry Met Sally's right. of the world, then it probably comes up into my like top 15 or top 20. Just like straight right. irreverent, like comedy. airplane, yeah, naked gun style movie. Yes. Oh, that's that. Those are the movies that this influences. Doctor Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell what what's the. I mean, those are also very Mel Brooks inspired mm-hmm. movies. Eh, it's probably a little of both. I bet there aren't many people who like one and dislike the other. Right. Yeah. yeah. Middle school's Chris agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> those same people did dirty things to Mel Brooks movies before I ever saw them. <laughs> assholes yeah <laughs> alright yeah it turns out that, this, that Sam Weir in real life is insufferable <laughs> yeah yeah and if you're listening to this and you're friends with someone who all they do is quote a movie unfriend them not, not on Facebook <laughs> like actually click their face oh, yeah. their face <laughs> off <laughs> take their face off stop quoting that movie <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind ruining face off <laughs> You can't ruin can't that movie. Movie. If right. you have a friend that does a movie quote completely out of context, just because they just remembered it and liked it, and it has nothing to do with the conversation you're saying, you need to rethink your life. <laughs> I was waiting for you to end that with a movie quote. It <laughs> has nothing to do with the, the conversation, then there's something about Mary. <laughs> Not even a quote, just a title. <laughs> name of that movie. This is a quote. Yeah, if you have someone like that, then sex laws and video. <laughs> well, I guess it's true what they say. Some like it hot. <laughs> Three tender you, man. <laughs> Chris the, kill the, us all the Englishman who went up a molehill and came down a mountain. Am leave, I right? I'm going to leave this podcast like I've seen things you couldn't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, it's time, time to vote. Brundle fly. <laughs> Brundle fly. Is that our most quoted podcast on our podcast? <laughs> it's the fly podcast. Uh, we voting? Douglas Adams yes. was probably influenced. Oh, yeah. Hey. I've seen those sucks. I'll, I'll, 
First, I won't start. I won't get to start at all. Well, I was kind of actually, when I first signed this, me and Brett talked. It was like, well, I think we're both yeses and we don't know what the the brothers will do. But uh, I'd actually kind of turned into a no a little bit after watching it again. Uh, I also watched Meaning of Life this week. Hmm. Um, And I knew I loved Life of Brian. It's probably my favorite. And Meaning of Life's not too far behind it. And I was like, I don't know if I want to give this movie the same amount of credit that I want to give those two. But we talked about it some here. And I think I'd be fine with all three of them in. So I'm back to a yes. Uh, for me, it, I'm, a, I'm a yes. It's one of my, probably, it's one of my ten funniest movies for me. And uh, I think maybe luckily I just separated myself from the people who could ruin the movie for me <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Either that or I was the Sam Weir of my own universe. <laughs> yeah, it's like the some tweet went around recently that was like, there's one smelly guy in the office. If you can't find him, you need to shower. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, you know, what? It, it, maybe I was the one ruining it for other people, but at least it wasn't ruined for me. Nice. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Friends with a guy in college. Friends used loosely. Uh, who, when he would drink, uh, would... Uh, oh, what movie is it? Quote Anchorman. Uh, yeah. To the point where his fake ID said Ron Burgundy on it. Good one. And he would do all of those. <laughs> Clever. You know who probably hasn't seen Anchorman? A bouncer at a college bar. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who's probably more willing to let someone under 21 into a bar? True. Someone who has the balls to walk up with a run. It, it had Will Ferrell's picture on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a legitimate looking Georgia le- driver's license. This was an Asian woman. <laughs> was it Was it Ron Burgundy's picture or just Will Ferrell? <laughs> Like normal, like a headshot. No, I do have Which to tell IMDb you, at the bottom. <laughs> I, I do have to tell you guys this guy's full name off the podcast because you wouldn't believe this person was real. Um, but anyway, it was uh, name ended in a question mark. He was just built to watch Anchorman. <laughs> See, the closest someone uh, roommate came to running a movie for me was uh, Napoleon Dynamite. After that came out, yeah, it's... I had a roommate who for a solid six months would just every time he walked in the door, it'd be like Tina. It's <laughs> like. That doesn't make sense. Did y'all get, you gotta stop it, man. Mine in middle school and high school was fucking Rush Hour. People would quote the shit out of Rush Hour. Yeah, it's like a Covington thing. God, man. <laughs> the, do you understand the words that are coming out of mouth shit would not leave. Wow. I had to leave Covington to get away from it. I think you probably know for me, in college, it's Super Troopers. Uh, that makes it sense. It took me like 10 years yeah. to, to appreciate Broken Lizard again. It's, it's just completely out of context, not related to anything anyone was saying. And it's just like, that's what you're offering. Just leave the social situation. <laughs> I ended up, I'm glad this turned into like therapy for us. I ended, up, I ended up dating this girl later on in high school, but in middle school, it was, dude, where's my car? I can see that. But I'm a yes right. for inclusion. <laughs> um, even though I watched this movie pretty devoid of emotion, I think that helped. Um, nice. And I, I, I appreciate this movie from, from a thousand meters up approach um and it wasn't ever unenjoyable and i cannot ignore what i think is like a pretty impenetrable legacy that this movie starts yeah i like it cool david doesn't matter it matters to us yeah we can get another four <laughs> movie and we've only got a few or another three another one three one <laughs> sadly i'm gonna go three one nice i don't think uh, you know i just keep thinking what is the talk of fame is it going to be every movie we like or is it the best movies that we all agree to me you'd have to get a better monty python in movie first and then a bunch of other comedies and then a bunch of other stuff before i would put this in personally yeah um appreciate some stuff but it's uh i don't know it just doesn't i know it's so disconnected but it just doesn't come together as a overall common comedic experience for me it's a it's a valid reason to keep a movie out it's so hard for me to figure out where that line is mm-hmm. since we're not doing this top down you know what i mean right yeah we like, didn't start with like what's the number one movie in the top of fame right and i think we had some of that with stripes where it's like well groundhog days and ghostbusters is in, even though they're not you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. right. like i know they would be right so where is that line where does stripes fall is it above that that like demarcation um mm-hmm so, I totally get what you're saying. Makes sense. And I'm also comfortable with the idea that, not that this is what we have to do, but if we, if this got in and no one nominated the other two movies ever, like, 
I know that this is the stamp. This is Monty Python is in the Talk of Fame. Sure. And that, this to me right now, is that. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing we created to where we can't, you know, I mean, probably all of our favorite movies of all time still aren't in it. I mean, there technically are, but there are movies that we'll never get in the Talk of Fame just because we'll just never get around the nominated that we all fucking love. You know what I mean? And how excited are we going to be to reopen the whole Monty Python discussion again? What new things are we going to really talk about? Besides the things related to just a meaning of life or just life of Brian. Right. Like, I'm not going to be eager to nominate life of Brian for probably a while before I forget about this discussion, you know? Yep. I I see that point. And there's, there's plenty to be said about looking at the talk of fame and deciding what you want it to be. And I think that an important thing that we all do is I feel like we all come to a talk of fame discussion defining it that day. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. walking away... Stamping your decision, but then the next time there's a talk fame nominee, not that it's wrong because I don't think it is. I think every movie you watch, you decide what is this going to do for me in my talk fame. Yeah, and it's also the beauty of it, it's fucking art. We can change rules if we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could take in it a off. year in a year if we just want to go. We should just include all three of these. But once Brent sees them, once we've all seen all three, we can just Monty Python's in the fucking talk fame. One entry, all yeah. three movies, <laughs> right? It's true. We could just do that from time to time. Just be like, do, we can this, literally do whatever the fuck we want. This <laughs> is the no movie. No one is watching us. <laughs> no one cares. The oversight committee. <laughs> Guys, we had the earnings call last week. Investors are pissed. <laughs> God, yeah. With my fuck ups the past two weeks, I was, I was happy there were no advertisers. <laughs> would not be good. Well, cool. So, well, Welcome to the one, day. maybe three movies. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, I'll get around to seeing them. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, did Netflix get all of them or just Holy Grail? I don't know why. Just, just Holy Grail and uh, Life of Brian's not on there. The okay. series is. Yeah, yeah. new fun circus. Flying circus is on there. Um, is Meaning of Life on there? Meaning of Life is on there, and Holy Grail obviously. I gotta watch Meaning of Life. But Life of Brian is not on Netflix. For That's surprising. Reason. I wonder if it's a different production company. For some it might reason. be. Yeah, that's the movie George uh, Harrison saved. Maybe it's a different thing there. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. Thanks, well, guys. Yeah, welcome to the Talk of Fame. New homework? New homework. Oh, shit. Ooh, everyone New forgot homework? about this, didn't they? Nope. Well, I definitely forgot. <laughs> we figured out the order. I don't know. Order Did doesn't we? matter. We did. Does somebody have one they <laughs> really want to nominate? All right, we're all sitting like this. Let's just keep it going with Chris. Sure. We'll just go in circle. Is that fun? Or whoever finds one first, that's fine. Holy shit! It is. It is not that I want to go next, but man, counterclockwise just makes my eye twitch. <laughs> it's like I was Rich like, just had a phone out. I saw it. Ah! The most natural progression in don't a play, circle is don't, don't play cards with cast man. Which... I was about to say it's it's like me sitting at a at a table of people playing cards where they don't care about the about that, which is fine because they're normal. <laughs> <clears throat> You should decide Bohemian Rhapsody so that I'll actually watch it. <laughs> I'll stop putting it off. <laughs> or walk hard. That'd be fun. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Mr. Nobody's still on my list. <laughs> See, Brent? <laughs> L.M. Montgomery. <laughs> Uh, nice. Three books over there. Well, there are two new Netflix originals. Yeah, I was right. thinking about Velvet Buzzsaw. Either that or... Well, high, yeah, there's a Soderbergh movie. It may be too insular, though. It's about basketball agents. High Flying Bird? High oh, flying I'm, bird. I'm excited to watch Velvet Buzzsaw. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Velvet Buzzsaw is not supposed to be as good. Really? It's supposed to be, yeah. Could be an interesting discussion. I don't know that Chris, from what I can tell, it's really in the weeds about uh, sports business, especially basketball. Yeah. Talking about the Soderbergh one. Well, what the fuck I would talk about with that. Yeah. But I've, I've been meaning to to do Pavel Buzzsaw, but I haven't uh, got around to it. I've got so many Oscar movies to watch. It's the director mm-hmm. of Nightcrawler, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> butt farted. I, I fart out my front butt. <laughs> There's a movie on Amazon right now called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a TV show called, uh, well, I'm going to save this for TJ's Tidbits <laughs> next podcast, but there's a TV show that aired for one episode called uh, on the BBC. It, they had 11 recorded, but only one aired. I don't know why. It was called. The anticipation is killing me. It was called, it was called Hell, Hitler, Honey, I'm Home. <laughs> it was just a sitcom where Eva Brown and Hitler lived across the hall from some Jewish people. Hell, Hitler, honey, I'm home. Ooh, I got, uh... The shits? <laughs> I just been, Ooh! I've been meaning to, uh, re-watch, uh, Ichimama Tambien. Uh, yeah. Has everybody seen that? No. It's been a long time. I could rewatch it at some point. But I'd like to see Jurassic City first. <laughs> I'm down for rewatching YouTube, Mama. I can do that or Buzzsaw. Well, why, don't you just, why don't you just assign something, bud? And then we can yeah. remember that the order is backwards alphabetically by first name. <laughs> <laughs> let's watch <laughs> Uncle Drew. No, let's um, watch YouTube, Mama. And then we'll talk so, so much better than that. We'll talk about Nick Kroll's career and how it's based off of commercials. Quick, David, save us. <laughs> All right, homework. <laughs> Uh, I'm assigning it. Pick um, of the litter. No! <laughs> this guy, this director, just won uh, DGA. He's probably going to win Best Director for the second time. Alfonso Cuarón. We just recently had kind of a talk about his oeuvre, his entire career. It made me want to go back to watch uh, one of his uh, landmark ones that, that I loved at the time. I haven't seen it since, since like it came out. Oh, wow. In 2002. Two? One? 2001, 2002. But uh, Alfonso Cuarón's Itu Mama Tambien. Let me make sure it's still streaming. Make sure it didn't leave. That would be bad. You want to know what movie I was looking for? Ooh. To assign was oh, Zizek yes. Road. The Master is finally back on that one. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, it Rhymes with Isaacs. Ichimama Tambien streaming on Netflix. Sensual. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it, Chris? No, I haven't. Nice. I feel like it. you might like it more than any of us. Chris is in oh, touch with the What's, uh, is this a talking fan? Uh, <laughs> the shitty article I read today was wrong. Wow. But funnier. <laughs> uh, maybe. Probably. <laughs> What's that, talking fan? I can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> I'm fine. I mean, I enjoy the talk of fames. Yeah. They're they're fun. It's sort of a fun default if you just don't have a category in mind. It's also, I feel bad when we do a movie that I know is great, like E2 Mama. I'm like, wait, but then <laughs> it can't ever be. I don't mind it like with Velvet Buzzsaw. I mean, it's not eligible right. in the rules we've deemed sure. real. but Plus, we... uh, <laughs> have we only had one uh, attempt at foreign language? Was it just Amelie that missed out? Uh, yeah. Be fun to get a uh, another shot. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to get in. Didn't have hearts that day, <laughs> but <laughs> another shot at it, and there's no Quaron in there either. Yeah, very similar movies to Weird One one goes a little further. Than <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Like one has more dicks in. Only, but they're they're putting baguettes dick in a box style, so you wouldn't know. I stopped paying attention for a little bit, and I have no idea what's happening. I just became acutely aware that we're still recording. <laughs> All right, so Why are you touching me? There's more dicks in it. Someone cause... unlock our, my psychosis by doing the ending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the talking phase. I can't get up until Britt says the words in order. I'm a diving bell and a butterfly. <laughs> okay, so your homework is E2 Mama Tambien. On Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this was Talking Talk, podcast for the media by us. You can uh, check out our website at themediabyus.com. You can... Uh, uh, send us an email. Yeah, send us an email. 
mediabias at gmail.com. You can tweet tweet with us at the Media by Us. You can uh, engage with us on Facebook, Games by Us, Movies by Us, and TV by Us. Join all three, or join the one or two that you care most about. Um, but anyway, like the the Media by Us Facebook. Oh yeah, also yeah, like the 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 site page on Facebook. That's a big help. And uh, best thing you can do is give us a rating on uh, podcasting I apps. I checked our rating recently. We're at a 5.0. Woo! Perfect rating. It makes us sound like we're not a real podcast. Last, well, last I looked, we had like 12 or 13 reviews. That was nice. several months ago. Thank you for following the instructions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's thank the Willow Walkers for that fantastic intro song. Let's give some love to Boo Reefa for the outro. Boo Reefa. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. <laughs>